Hello, and welcome to the fifth season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. And be sure to sign up for the new monthly e-newsletter. You'll get more info about the episodes and guests and more ways to engage with musical theater past and present. Sign up now at scenetosong.substack.com to make sure it's in your inbox. My guest today is Amel Greer. Amel is a pianist and singer who studied musical theater at NYU Tisch, Mount View Academy of Theater Arts, and Syracuse University's musical theater program. She's one of three co-creators of a musical about online dating and is currently at work on a musical adaptation of the Shakespeare play Cymbeline, set in 1930s Moscow. She also contributed lyrics to Jamie Copperthwaite's 10-minute musical Exit Row, performed as part of the 2010 Pace University's Directors Festival. She has worked professionally as a jazz pianist and singer and recently started a YouTube jazz piano tutorial series called Little Known Lines and Licks I Love. We're going to talk today about evil characters in musical theater. Hey, Amel. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. So excited you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Great. Well, uh, we'll get started with our get to know our guest questions. Uh, what was your first experience with a musical? Well, you know, uh, I think like your other guests, I couldn't remember like the moment, but I definitely have memories around um, Annie as a kid. I remember like loving um, Carol Burnett. In fact, I like looking back, I don't even think I, I was a kid, but I don't think I really identified with Annie. I think I identified more with Miss Annigan, which sort of fits the topic that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> but um yeah, so I guess Annie probably, although I definitely, my mom's a big fan of Sound of Music, and even though she's not a very musical person, she loves Sound of Music, so that was always, one of your other guests said, um, uh, I think it was the Music Man, it was in his DNA or something, and I felt felt that way for Sound of Music, I can't remember the moment, but it's always sort of been with me, so. Cool. Um, which musical has had the greatest impact on you? Um, it's a musical that Ethel Merman did. It was like an Ethel Merman vehicle, I guess, called Happy Hunting um, from uh, 1956, I think. And um, it was by this dentist. And I remember, I remember when I heard like the composer was a dentist who, like that was his full-time job. Um, I was like super, I was impressed, although Ethel was not. And um, she... I remember it, it um, kind of turned her off to like amateur composers. And I, cause I remember she um, was nervous working with Stephen Sondheim. Um, I mean, apparently according to this, this uh, book um, uh, that I was reading about Ethel that she, um, you know, was, uh, didn't want an inexperienced lyricist on Gypsy. Um, yeah, I think it was that musical that sort of, um, made me realize that maybe I could do other things. I don't know. I guess I was impressed that it was like this amateur composer. And I love, I actually love the music from that. And the reason I discovered it is I, I got this old cassette tape of the soundtrack. I've never seen the show that there's a song, mutual admiration society. 
we belong to a mutual admiration society that song um it's it's got a lot of songs you might know um I I've never seen I don't know anything about the book um I don't know anything really about the story but (laughs) but the music is just really you know I've internalized the Uh Ethel and the lyrics and yeah seems like a good show uh, what is a musical people would be surprised to find out you love and why would they be surprised? Well, I'm a big uh, feminist and I think um, that I'm really into like totally sexist musicals. Um, like um, lately I've been watching a lot of uh, Jeanette McDonald's uh, Nelson Eddy musicals because um, I'm reading their like bio. Yeah, in these Jeanette McDonald movies, she's like this heroine who like doesn't want a career. She really wants to just be a mother and a wife. And she's practically like sort of dragged into superstardom. Like there's this movie, Broadway Serenade, where um, she doesn't even want to audition. And her husband's like, no, please audition. And then of course she like gets the the starring role and then becomes a star. and, and she does a lot of musicals like that, Girl of the Golden West, San Francisco. And I'm not saying that is, you know, sexist, but um, yeah, it's just the, the women she plays are very like doormatish and not at all like powerful. And, but I still love, I love this movie. So. Who is your favorite hero character or protagonist in a musical? And who is your favorite villain or antagonist in a musical? Um, I would say my favorite hero is um, Yuntzel because she is so brave, um, you know, going in drag to do what she wants to do in life. And um, yeah, I also just love Streisand. Um, My favorite villain, I would say, is probably Ursula, um, just because... um, I love the villains who seem just like totally, totally unredeemable, um, who just wish like their dying words are like that they could do more evil. (laughs) Uh, Those are my faves. So, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit. Um, But before that, uh, who, uh, sorry, what is your favorite musical that no one else has heard of? So maybe people have heard of this because um, I know like Jeanette McDonald and Nelson Eddy used to be like the biggest stars in the world, right? Um, but um, there's a musical I love and I'd only heard this song parody. Like, um, have you heard the song, Oh Sweet Mystery of Life? Like, mm-hmm. oh, right? Yeah. Um, so it's from this musical, like Naughty, it's called Naughty Marietta. Um, and I love, so it's from 1935, but the film like really elegantly like weaves this song through it. Um, like the, uh, Jeanette McDonald is sort of writing the song. She can't, she can't finish it. Right. And she sneaks aboard the ship for New Orleans and then she finds her, the love of her life. And then she can finish the song like miraculously. Um, and it's really good. I love that one. Um, not, I'd say Naughty Marriott. Have you heard of it? Is that one people have like? Oh, Naughty. Like I mean, I've heard of it. I've never seen it, but I've heard the name probably with that, uh, you know, linked to that song. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't, but I don't know it. So I'll have to, I'll just, now I'll have to uh, listen to it. <laughs> um, 
cool. So uh, what is a moment in a musical that you think gets to a complex emotional state that you didn't think was possible to get to? Um, well, I think kind of right away for some reason uh, of when I was in London um, in 2000, I, I saw the production of Fame and I remember just being so just floored by the teacher who sings um these are my children and I find myself singing that a lot because I'm a teacher and I I'm like these are my, I, I don't know I really I love that song and and it really reminded me maybe it was the staging like the way the spotlight was on her and just the emotion in the song it really reminds me of like the moment when Streisand sings my man in funny girl like it's one of those moments where it's like really introspective and slightly confessional, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, um, yeah, that, I love that, that song. <laughs> nice. Um, well, cool. Let's move on to our topic, uh, which is evil characters in musical theater. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll start with just, you know, what, why you want to talk about this, why, uh, and, uh, you know, what drew you to this topic and, uh, yeah, maybe what, what we, what do you think makes a good evil character? Well, I love their energy, their passion. They seem to, um, you know, a lot of times they just sort of drive the plots and they have an optimism. I find that a lot of characters often lack, um, and they're like the exceptional ones, right? Like they're, they're usually the outsider or some, you know, sometimes they're disfigured as the phantom or they're um, like freaks in some way. Um, and so their exceptionality or like you hope, you know, you hope they're <laughs> exceptional and that not everybody's evil, but um, yeah, like they don't let that sort of get them down. Like they can be an outcast, but they, they like rise from that and they're, there's this power that comes from often just from like their positive thinking. Like I like how they tend to be optimistic. Um, I'm also interested in the frame, like thinking about the wizard of Oz versus wicked, this question of like, who's telling the story and how, where the story starts and ends really influences who you think of as an evil character and, and your judgment about any characters. And I often think sort of like, when we see ourselves as good, is this sort of because we start and end our story in the places that make us, that most flatter our like self-conception or are we choosing the things in our narrative past that make us good? And like, it's just all about narrative. I feel like what mm -hmm. you think of as evil and good is about like what details you're bringing out or bringing into the story and. But I get, yeah. And I guess that that leads into the second question of what we think makes a good villain or evil character in a story. Yeah. Um, so I already said, I, I really like unrepentant villains, like the ones that have absolutely zero remorse. Right. Um, and are really unrepentant, like refuse to say they're sorry. Um, but it's interesting to have the villain that sort of has a little self doubt. And I feel like maybe that's richer, like character wise, it's a richer, um, portrait of a person if they have a little self-doubt about their the evil they're doing um it makes them less sort of cardboard ish i guess um 
but I also like how, especially musicals, the like sociopathic villain, um, he can sometimes, or I'm thinking like, I guess, um, King George and uh, Hamilton or, um, like they're, they're funny, you know, and they're sort of like, they get the laughs. Um, Mm -hmm. so I guess what, what we mean by good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess by good, I mean, yeah. I mean like, um, like ones we love to watch or like ones, or I guess for me, like a, a good villain or one I enjoy watching would be one that I like, like I understand why they're bad, but I, but, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, but they still, um, but I, but I agree with like, they, they don't have remorse. Like they still like delight in the badness, but like, I understand why they're that way in a way. Um, like maybe they got, um, wronged in some way. Um, so you like to get that backstory and know, their motives I mean it doesn't have to be like a, a extensive backstory but like just just something that happened where it's like they're this way because and like now we can watch them be bad <laughs> not that Does I, it um yeah not that it justifies it them their evil actions but it just like I I like that that when there's something that like uh gives them like a a reason to do what they're doing instead of just like being bad for being bad sake or something do you like it because you feel like that character is then more human more real or do you like it so that you can have a little more sympathy with them or um that's a good question I think it depends on the character like I think the fan so like the phantom say like I I consider him just like a bad evil character and I I know there's people who like because of his backstory have more sympathy for him and like the actions of that he takes in the story whereas for me like I'm glad I have that backstory but he's still like I, I still see him as just like evil um yeah. and like he deserves to die are you sad about his ending that he doesn't I mean I don't know that anybody deserves to die <laughs> But like, I don't think of him as like, I think of him as bad. Like I think a bad person because of his actions in the story, even though like we, we have some context for Mm -hmm. that. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm glad like context is great, but that doesn't like, for me, that doesn't change. Like how it's not an excuse. Yeah. Um, But I think, I don't know. I just think that makes them more of a character instead of just like an evil force that's things for no for no reason you know (laughs) so that's what I that's why I think I prefer like just a little context of like why they're doing what they're doing um but I think also like even though I don't need this from a character I I like that there is a possibility that they will like that that for redemption even if they don't take that route. And I think having that, um, yeah, that, that maybe having that context gives that, like gives, opens up the possibility for that. Or even if we don't have the context, I still like, I also like when a, when a bad character, and again, like this doesn't have to happen, but I do like sometimes to see like a bad character, like find redemption. I mean. Would you think, would you count Javert? in that because he kills himself maybe yeah maybe Javert I mean he 
is really complicated in that way. I don't think, I don't know that he really finds, it's, I mean, it's possible that he finds redemption or that he, I mean, maybe not redemption, but like he understands on some level that like he, like, like what he's doing is, is wrong. Not maybe not wrong, but like doesn't work. Like it just can't work. Um, So I feel like, it's his framework for seeing good and evil and judging yeah. good and evil fundamentally so, like, kind of breaks down. You know? Yeah. So maybe Javert and even, I mean, even Valjean, like he has, I mean, his redemption is early in the story and he becomes a good character yeah. for most of the story. But, and yeah. then there's like a whole question of like, you know, criminality and like, um, you know, but he does, I mean, like he steals those candlesticks, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's not the which and is from a holy man. Yeah, who's <laughs> like who's giving him shelter? Like, yeah, it's not it's not like the like a bad thing. And I, there's like that that kind of turnarounds where like a, a person who um, has done things that they're you know. Yeah. It's very like I love to see that too. Yeah. It's very satisfying. Like, and I wish evil characters. I don't know. Um, before the show, for some reason, I watched applause. Like I found a version on YouTube of the show yeah. and I love, I've always loved the soundtrack. So I was thrilled to get to watch it. And it's so good. It won, I could see why it won four Tonys. Um, and Eve, I really wish Eve would see the evil of her ways at the end. And it's so, it's so sad to me that the show doesn't make her, doesn't, you know, allow her to have that redemption. Yeah, no, I love, I love thinking about Eve in this way. And for those who don't know Applause, um, it's the musical version of the film All About Eve, which, um, you know, is, was one of my favorite movies growing up. And uh, yeah, I wish we talked about Eve more in the terms uh, and Applause more, in, you know, in terms of like these characters in a musical theater context. But um yeah, and I think Eve um, is such a great character to look at in terms of this because there's all these questions, at least I have all these questions all the time going through of like what her motivation is and like yeah. like how evil is she? And like, as it gets to the end, you kind of like more layers are revealed of like how- She seems know, more evil as you get as further she, into As it play. goes along. And, um, but I think there, there might be- and I think it's debatable because we're never really like that much inside her head. And I think that's great. Like that song she has at the end um, where she talks about Halloween when she was nine. Um, like, I feel her like- father that, seems like such a jerk. Yeah. Like I, I love that song so much because like you get this hint of a backstory for her, but like that's not yeah. really what the song is about. The song is still about like how much she wants her to- ambition. And like how that's overtaken her, like from a, from before the show even started, like that didn't happen. Like that's that's what's ambiguous to me. Like how much did what the events of the story like change her as it was going along? But like you get yeah. to the end oh and, yeah, I never thought about it like that. But like yeah. you get to the end and you feel like wow, no, they didn't change her at all because she's been like this from the very from even before she arrived. But, um, but like, as you're going through, that's, that's always like my questioning, but, but that song, um, it really like, it it doesn't let you really have any sympathy for her. 
which I love. Like, like you could, you could, because there's that opening where she's talking about like her childhood and stuff, but it, it never really goes there. It never really tries to get inside her head more than like, I had like, I have this memory of childhood, but this is what I want, you know? Remember that Halloween when you were nine You wore a fairy queen costume of your own design Well, look at you now And you put on rouge and lipstick though it wasn't allowed You were so proud And daddy said, wash your face, you look like a whore that's what he said No more And so you went upstairs Washed your face Took off your dress Threw it away Got into bed As though it were the end of an ordinary day And outside the moon continued to shine Remember that Halloween when you were nine Well, damn you, Daddy Look at your little girl now! Collected, no sign of panic, she's alive. She's alive, so alive. I'm wound up like a spring that's been tightened. Dreamy and dizzy, but not a bit frightened. I'm alive. I'm alive, so alive. Everybody loves the winner, but nobody loves the flop. No one worries how you got there once you're standing on the song still succeeds like uh I mean do you think it's well crafted I mean I think so I mean maybe this is just my bias because like it, it gives me what I want from the character at that moment um mm -hmm. because I like I, I just think like if we had a song like that's really her only song I think where in the show because like mm -hmm. um it's really the only time we're hearing from her really. I think she has a song yeah. in the beginning where she's like pretending, but- um, Oh yeah, the best night of my life. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. Yeah, so that's like really the only time we hear in, from her in song. And I just feel like that could have gone away a, a certain way where it's like, well, now we really get into her psychology and like, she's like, it, where, where it like tries to make you feel sorry for her in a way yeah. and I just feel like that's what I was expecting when yeah, I first heard and it that just I makes expecting. me so happy that the song just like does not go there but like yeah. still gives you a hint of a past um yeah. So yeah that's actually an example where it's satisfying to not have the redemption because you want to hate her yeah well, because I, of all the harm she's yeah yeah well I think and the way the 
the movie and I think also the musical resolves is that she still sees like the consequences of her actions in a way because and this is still like all the power dynamics of the people in that show but like now she's under like uh the theater critics power basically because he knows about her um and so like she realizes that she's she's still like you know she's not like free to do what she wants to do and lie like she wants to lie and you know all that yeah um but so like in a way she kind of like she does like hit something there where she like realizes that like she can't get away with this in the way she wants to even though she still gets a lot but but yeah she still stays she she still stays evil like she doesn't like learn and like change (laughs) from that yeah Yeah. I feel like the show waffles back and forth between not giving her an excuse in terms of her background. Like we might excuse the phantom because of his background. But with her, I feel like the excuse would be that showbiz. Like they, I feel right. like in the song, there's always this like, welcome to the theater where treachery sweetly done. And like, <laughs> you think that like, oh, well, she's just doing what all the women do. She's doing what all like up and coming aspiring actresses do, which is stab the older actress in the back. And there's this, I feel like the show definitely waffles between like, that's just how it goes and it waffles between like no she's pure evil like don't right. you feel that? yeah it does like and I know this is from the movie like it does make these points like you know wouldn't it be great if like a you know I wrote a character that was young and a young person played it like and you're yeah. like I mean yeah that makes sense like it, it brings in these yeah. things like yeah that would make sense like a young person should be playing a young character but then you're like well why aren't you writing older characters for the yeah, old exactly you know, it's like it, it it kind of plays with your um yeah. like there's you- a little like sunset boulevard critique of the sexism as you age in that industry for women yeah, yeah. like yeah. yeah and um but yeah it does it does present it a little bit as like this is what you have to do um like how else are you gonna get in there you know <laughs> yeah 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 but she's definitely I feel like as as snake in the grass as they come in terms of I mean maybe not in terms of evil characters I was thinking in terms of like aspiring actresses like <laughs> yeah you know you maybe have to backbite a little but you don't have to go to the lengths yeah she did to like kind of infest or, or like um what's the word she like kind of just le- leeches onto them and like um ingratiates herself and but like moves in doesn't she like move in <laughs> to Margot Channing's house <laughs> yeah well she well I forget how it is in the show but in the movie um they she see this is where it gets like these really great areas because she never she never like asks directly for anything she's just like is there and presents exactly and that's why you're doubting whether she really had this plan right because she never asked for anything yeah yeah so like she's just there and gets invited and gets invited to do this stuff so then she becomes there and like so yeah that's why you're you're you yeah you're right like that's why you question you know how evil is she throughout and then it 
and then you know you kind of see it at the end the book of the musical is pretty similar to the movie except they update it to what was then currently the 70s i think we you mentioned this like in your notes like it's so like we don't get a lot of like evil women characters who are not like uh like a a witch you know <laughs> or yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah or like someone who is is a little more morally ambiguous these women um are are just like pure pretty much pure they're human but they're still like bad they're completely bad yeah. like miss hannigan um is is just like i mean she's fun she's a great character she's definitely human but she's there's she's all bad like there's no there's no like morality. at the very end though you know at the end of the movie when like um they're going up that tower thing doesn't she want to she doesn't want Annie to die though at the very end right yes but that's only in the movie in the musical like that whole sequence isn't in there and Miss Hannigan like in on the plot the whole time and yeah because I was thinking it reminded me of Nancy and Oliver Mm -hmm. how they both like care for the kid um those you know even though they're hooked up with real bad thug guys (laughs) yeah 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 that's only in the um the movie um Mm -hmm. yeah because in the um in the yeah in the show she's just bad <laughs> yeah yeah in general women though um maybe because you know a lot of yeah I don't know maybe this is just a trope but in general like um women they tend to be like I'm thinking do you know witches of Eastwick the the musical no I don't know that one um so it's about, like, based on the movie, um, mm-hmm. I saw it also in London in, in 2000, um, and there's this character, Felicia, who sings this song called Evil, and mm-hmm. she's like, I see evil everywhere, our town's, like, turning to rot since this guy moved in, the, the devil, and, um, but she's, like, one of these, they remind, the, the ladies in The Music Man, who are, like, pro, the um, pro-censorship ladies, like, she's very, um, like uh, she also sings this song, a, v- a very gossipy song in Witches of Eastwick that totally like the telephone. Um, it reminds me of the uh, telephone hour from Bye Bye Birdie. It's the small town, like musicals about small towns, you know, right? And yeah. she's this woman who's like um, fancies herself kind of the the rule maker and like she sets the standards of like decency for the town. And oh, they have this line, they sing the song Dirty Laundry in the town and she says, our standards fading, our morals in decline with such dirty laundry on the line. She's like really upset just about the standards that these three, what she, who she thinks of as like morally wanton and like loose women. Um, And this character, she and her husband kill each other. (laughs) She's like super evil, but like the women who are evil sometimes tend to fancy themselves as like the moral, like angels who are like bringing like decency, kind of like Javert. Like they think they're really, really, really good, but they're like, they're like the worst people of everyone. Dirty laundry ladies, that's what I see. Dirty laundry ladies, as foul as foul can be. Our standards fading, our morals in decline. With such dirty laundry on the line. 
I liked your, really liked your categories. Like, because we were talking about the Disney villain, but there's also non Disney villains that kind of fit into that kind of category that are like very evil and like not human, like like Ursula um, that we mentioned, but like also things like or characters like Audrey Two in Little Shop or Captain Hook in Peter Pan or uh, Mr. Applegate, who is the devil uh, in Damn Yankees, where it's just like, he's really the devil? He's really the devil, yeah. He, and it's like, they, like it, it's just like a fun character where you, in a kind of way, like you don't have to worry about that mor- like humanness, morality stuff, because like you can just enjoy them being pure evil. And I, they're usually like fun characters too. Like they're not, um, you know, like they're not, they're not like all like super scary. I mean, they are scary in a way, but like you have a lot of fun with them. Um, I mean, I yeah. guess Rasputin and Anastasia is. <laughs> what I love movie. about Rasputin, he's so evil. He even scares himself. Like, you know, in the song he sings yeah. in the, um, not in the stage version, but in the movie, like in the dark of the night, which is such a good song. Yeah. Um, he, there's that line where he's like, and then, then I opened my eyes and the nightmare was me. Yeah, I think that character is a bit scarier than the others, but still like <laughs> fun. And then you then the in the stage musical, you like they took him away and like brought in a more like what was the reasoning for that? Like, do you know the I don't know the reason I don't know the specific reasoning. I'm I maybe um, you know, since it wasn't a cartoon anymore, they wanted something a little more realistic. Oh yeah. Um, the, um, the now uh, the villain is a little more like morally ambiguous. Like he, mm-hmm. um, he's bad, but like he he and he like kind of falls in love with uh, Anya uh, while he's <laughs> being bad. You know, trying to kill her. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think? Yeah. Do you think that if an evil character, like there's a case for Bill S- uh, Sykes, right? Mm-hmm. Um super scary but does the fact that he has love or he at least like do we even know that like he really loves nancy or is it just nancy really loves him and like like phantom it or like the judge the judge is cap is he capable of love or just lust like mm-hmm. and are these evil characters like redeemed at a certain level because they have because they can experience love or are these still pure evil yeah well i would put bill sykes in like the second category that i have of like bad guy like just a bad guy like he's evil like these are human characters but they're still evil like he I mean I think he um I don't think he loves Nancy I don't really think Nancy loves him I mean I th- why do you put him in the category though still human like you don't think he's like a total well, sociopath there's no like um there's no supernatural element to him I mean like oh oh I see mm-hmm. like in the other in like um you know, the Disney villain, like, not human category. It's like all like, like Beetlejuice Mm. from Beetlejuice. And I think, um, and I think the music, my, my opinion of the musical is like, I didn't like how they tried to make him more human and like, give Mm -hmm. him a backstory. Like to me, like that character is um, someone who's fun because, you know, he's not, he's really not human he's someone who and there's fantasy element like do you think that changes when there's a fantasy element to the show does that change um you know like when there's a fantasy element would you rather see a purely evil uh Mm -hmm. villain who's not even human at all maybe although not necessarily and I think but I think it 
it's a great way to have one. Like, you know, as I said, like with Anastasia, like we, we miss rest. A lot of people miss Rasputin in the, yeah, he's like my favorite character in the um, cartoon. Yeah. Movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a case could be made for, you know, different things, but I think Bill, I think Bill Sykes in Oliver, um, you know, he's, I mean, he's still pretty, I mean, he's still like, there's nothing redeemable about him. Like he doesn't like, I love, I, I love his song, um, my name because yeah, like I get similar to, you know, even all about Eve, like they don't, they don't try to delve into his head too much, which I appreciate. Like we know he had a bad upbringing. Like we know, you know, all these, I mean, all all characters, all like, kids you know all the orphans you know we know that they had a bad upbringing and like that can his foil sort of is Fagan like Fagan has the self-doubt like mm-hmm. when he's reassessing the situation I heard that song yeah. um, I'm reviewing the situation right, right, but right of course Bill wouldn't have a thought about reviewing the situation right right so like yeah like we don't we don't need to like we know that the upbringing is bad we don't need to get into that in the song like he like his song is just him being evil and it's just like a reinforcement of like i'm i'm bad like (laughs) i'm a bad guy strong men tremble when they hear it they've got cause enough to fear it it's much blacker than they spirit nobody mentions my name some jet slamming with his belly bumped into me in an alley now his eyes will never tell he never heard of my name one bloke he used to boast a claim he could take my name in vain <laughs> poor bloke shame he was so green never was he seen again once bad what's the good of turning in hell i'll be there i'm burning meanwhile think of what i'm earning all on account of my name what is it? What is it? What is it? My How would you compare the densest song? Um, the densest song to that Say My Name song. Are they kind of similar? The densest song in Little Chef? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think... To me, everything in Little Shop is a little more supernatural. So um, there's a way to have fun. I mean, I was just thinking how a lot of villain characters in the Disney, the category we said very evil but not really human, the Disney villain, like they're so fun. Like their songs, like everybody knows that I'm, I admit that in the past I've been a nasty, like yeah. those songs are so fun that the, the Disney villains sang um, in the dark of the night. They have such energy about them. And I feel like, the dentist song and, and Bill's song are um, kind of like more like in your face, kind of like, I'm bad. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, sense. personally, like I never 
thought the dentist was a fun character I was terrified of him as a kid and like I like refused to watch Little Shop for a really long time (laughs) because of that um yeah he's really scary I was was terrified yeah but um but so he's more frightening than Bill Sykes you think yeah um in different ways I think the dentist is frightening in a way because because he's presented as fun and funny in a way and but like something in you where you're like no like this is bad like this is not good so it's like yeah this weird I don't know and that's just how I experience him I think probably people experience him different ways but the dentist was more terrifying to me in a way yeah because it was yeah it was just like presented as like this guy is kind of fun uh but to me I was like he's not fun he's terrifying and like I'm supposed to like this but I don't school when I saw that movie oh wow that's really young yeah I can see why that would be really frightening (laughs) but I saw Oliver in elementary school too and I loved it like I've always loved Oliver and Bill Sykes was still like frightening but I think because he's like presented as like bad like this is a bad guy and like um and there's no question of that in any way I mean there's you're not like it's obvious that the dentist is bad, but like there's not there's no questioning in Oliver in the music and the way he sings and like what he's singing about and how he's singing it. It's just like he's completely bad. And I think that's helpful for me, at least in like being able to watch him as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this isn't a category, but under the same category as evil, but still human, mm-hmm. I put in which we have Miss Hannigan, Bill Sykes, Belle McKelly and Roxy Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put Mrs. Mears from Thriller yeah. by Millie. Um, I love her song, They Don't Know. Yeah. Yeah, um, I feel like she's, to me, she is similar to Miss Hannigan in a way. Although I think, I mean, they're doing different bad things hmm that's interesting I wouldn't like think of them as very similar maybe it's those two songs like that song kind of reminds me of little girls in a way like what is what comes before if the house are big enough I still could play her yet 
So the line is, uh, I almost acted Chekhov, Ibsen, Shaw, Moliere. I almost acted Chekhov, Ibsen, Shaw, Moliere. I almost starred as Peter Pan, imagine moi midair. I almost tackled Shakespeare, a blushing Juliet. And if the house were big enough, I still could play her yet. They don't know I'm hotter news than Dooza, Helen Hayes, and Van Hart all in one. They're on top, and I look like the loser. Wait and see who's standing when my play is done. Yeah, so it totally reminds me of, um, like, again, I think of her as, like, definitely totally different kind of like a Norma Desmond who's like aged out of this role she really wanted to be Juliet but I love like an Ursula too puts on a show for Ariel you know um when she sings about poor unfortunate souls who she doesn't care about at all um Miss Hannigan too when she puts on she acts in front of Daddy Warbucks you know before she gets angry and says forget my sweetness which is like a line (laughs) my family always like I love that line and I think I think the reason that I I think the reason this song reminds me of Little Girls is uh because also in Little Girls she's saying like you know I I could have had like a a different life you know I oh but instead I'm like stuck here with these you know with these people you know with these girls like doing this you know they have to resort to uh you know this (laughs) you know crime either crime or like I have to like run this stupid orphanage for these little girls you know (laughs) yeah yeah and there's no sense dude like that was during the depression like she's lucky to have a job you know (laughs) yeah and then Velma Kelly and Roxy Hart in Chicago also but they and I feel like they though um and unlike these other characters who are secondary characters in the show, like they are the main character. We're seeing the story through them, basically, which is different from a lot of these other evil characters. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know, for some reason, my memory of that, like I wanna say that I feel like Mama Morton is even more, or like, I don't know. She definitely seems very, she's only into like reciprocal relationships, you know, mm-hmm. like you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of thing. Yeah, when you're good to mama. Yeah. When you're good to mama. And like, um, though it seems like everybody, there's no good character in that whole yeah. um, prison. Yeah. Um, what could be our transition to evil rulers? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, mama Morton, she's yeah. an evil ruler. Yeah, I mean, Mama Morton, where she's not, she doesn't have, I don't think she has that much power in the show, but she definitely is, is like the ruler, you know, the head of things in that small environment. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I like the category of like evil rulers specifically, because like, that brings in a whole nother layer of like, they're in like the power dynamics of like how they treat and affect their subjects and um you know and we get you know characters like Hades from Hades Town and King George the third and Hamilton and King Herod and Jesus Christ Superstar Madame Morrible 
in Wicked. Um, and it, Wicked's interesting because you have different layers that, that, you know, that shows all about power, but like you have Madame Morrible versus like, say the wizard who is also in power, but like, it doesn't come off as evil as yeah. Madame Morrible does. Um, and I wonder how much also gender sort of plays into our view of Madame Morrible because we want her, right? She's like the headmistress, right? Or Yeah, she um, starts out as like um, she starts the head of the school. Yeah. Yeah. So we want her to be, you know, we don't want her to be a Miss Hannigan type. Like we want her to be um, good to her students. And so maybe that, it, I don't know if it just feels, you know, feels like she's worse mm-hmm. um, because of what we expect, but. Right, right. Yeah. Like we, ex- like she's at first in this role of like, you know, kind of like a mother, like that's like a mother yeah. of like head, of, like a woman head of school. Uh, yeah. And- away and uh she takes alphabet under her wing and you know teaches yeah. her stuff and then yeah i mean it is a reversal there like of expectations of her and um yeah and it's really the wizard who is revealed later to be totally you know an absent father figure like to, you know a father yeah. like of yeah and like I mean, most people who know the Wizard of Oz like know that the wizard is not who he seems and is not the evil yeah. or not like the scary figure that he's presented as. But in terms of like evil characters, like Madame Morrible is the one who is um, comes out as like the most. Evil. He's the most evil and wicked, definitely. Yeah, but she doesn't. She doesn't have a flat. Like, because when I think of like um the King Herod song, like that's a song you can't forget, especially the way they stage it with all the lights and everything. Right, right. And King George's song is also um, it's just so memorable. <laughs> like, da, 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 da. it's the song you kind of come away singing from right. Hamilton a bit. It's really an earworm it was, you know. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think those two shows like share that, you know, um, using the the king, the evil ruler's song as like one that you're gonna like love and enjoy, you know. Um, yeah, get, yeah, like, it's very flashy, not very memorable. Yeah. What comes next, you've been freed. Do you know how hard it is to lead? You're on your own. Awesome. Wow. Do you have a clue what happens now? Oceans rise. Empires fall. It's much harder when it's all your call. All alone across the sea. When your people say they hate you. Don't come crawling back to me. Da 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 Yeah, but in Wicked, like she doesn't have that, which also I think um I think it it gives it makes them more sympathetic. Like we like them. We want to see them on stage because they make us feel good. The evil, like Herod and um, George, like they're so entertaining that like, I want to see more of them, but like Madame Morrible, I don't want to see more of her. Right. Because you know? she doesn't have like a flashy, catchy tune to sing. 
Right. And if she, yeah. And maybe if she did, like, we would like her more as like. (laughs) Same with Hades, like that song, Why We Build the Wall. Mm -hmm. It it really reminds me of like indoctrination because it's like so call and response, like why we build the wall why we but like it's like the subjects are just repeating what he's saying it totally reminds me of like indoctrination yeah that's like a different kind of catchy song where it's not like yeah. fun pop it's like you you get sucked in because of different element like a different element of it which is yeah that like call and response that like you become part of the song yeah we should talk about Sweeney Todd and all the evil characters in Sweeney Todd because yeah and speaking of evil rulers you have Judge Turpin um who is yeah pretty evil yeah it's just such a dark musical like the others are more the others what we talked about have a more of a like kind of an uplifting story they're they're definitely not well no not hate not Hades town but um Hamilton right Jesus Christ Superstar like those and and even you know Wicked too like it ends there's good things that happen in the end and it's and there's kind of good things that happen in the but it's so gory and like so many people die and it's just I don't know yeah yeah and uh yeah, and it's like everyone's evil in like their own way. <laughs> in a way, yeah. like, Sweeney Todd is evil, but like it's very, you know, anti-hero. Like definitely morally ambiguous. Like he has, there's a lot of context for why he is he is the way he is, and how that builds over the show. Um, he was ro- he was definitely wronged. So, and then there's Mrs. Lovett. Who... it's also a cautionary tale about revenge kind of isn't it yeah I mean like definitely don't wrongly imprison people <laughs> then, yeah yeah and then Mrs. Lovett like is a little more of just like you know victim like societal evil like she you know is just trying to make money uh yeah, yeah. and that you know becomes like this evil thing it's funny like when I when I said why I liked villains I you know I said like it's because they're usually the exception but this is definitely a show where like it's not the exception like this yeah well I think that's why people the rule yeah and I think that's why people love this show so much I mean there's so many reasons to love Sweeney Todd but I think the I think the fact that it really makes you think about evil and like Mm -hmm. where like where it comes from why because you have these different evil characters and then you have the whole like setup of society and there's like the whole like societal evil element and like wrongly imprisoned like uh tore up this family you know he he's comes back and like i if he came back just for revenge hadn't met mrs lovett like that her evil mixes with his evil um would he have would he have uh gone as far down you know as he did maybe but um, yeah it's definitely like a birds of a feather flock together kind of thing like when you associate with evil the evil kind of grows it's like a cumulative effect Mm -hmm. and you have a Mm -hmm. song you know Sweeney Todd's um you know descent into madness basically where he goes from like like how do you have a song where like you go from 
this one specific person that I hate deserves to die to everybody deserves to die, which mm. is like such a, you know, like, like there's a song where you follow somebody through that and like, yeah, it's pretty amazing. There's a hole in the world like a great black pit and it's filled with people who are filled with shit and the vermin of the world inhabit it. But not for long. They all deserve to die. Tell you why, Mrs. Lovett, tell you why. Because in all of the whole human race, Mrs. Lovett, there are two kinds of men and only two. There's the one staying put in his proper place and the one with his foot in the other one's face. Look at me, Mrs. Lovett, look at you. No, we all deserve to die. Even you, Mrs. Lovett, even I. Because the lives of the wicked should be made brief for the rest of us, death will be a relief. We all deserve to die. All right, so yeah, let's move on to the next section. Uh, why is this so good? And we're going to talk about uh, the song, the I'm the Greatest Star from Funny Girl. So why did you pick this song for why is this so good? Well, um, a lot of reasons. I really love confidence songs from musicals, like, um, well, the confidence song from Sound of Music, you know, I have confidence before she goes to her, her job and she's like super freaked out. And the, um, it just, it's part of like the can-do attitude in musical theater. Like, I feel like there are sort of degrees of confidence, like, and I have confidence or climbing uphill. The characters just want to give themselves like a basic level of confidence. But then in songs like I can do that or anything you can do, I can do better. They're trying to like one up or, you know, one up someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just love those songs. I love those, like, you know, I can do it. And I feel like, cause it's not like an egotistical, like pompous thing um it's more like I want to share my talents I want to bring happiness to the world through like what I want to do um so I like it for that reason I also love how she takes us through like you know she starts the song the very first sort of spoken line is like I, I got 36 expressions like mm. and she sort of I feel like she takes us through all of them like um and it reminds me of we talked about applause that song alive from applause where she goes like I'm I have a million different feelings okay but at least I feel um <laughs> And I love that like roller coaster of emotion that like she wants the sob job so badly. Like she, she puts everything out there. And I mean, I feel like today, if you tried to do that in an audition, they, they'd call security like right away. Um, and I love how she like scares the kids, you know, in the movie. Yeah. Um, I also, what I love about it is the like, hey, Miss w when she has that empty stage moment. I love those empty stage moments, like Gypsy from like Mama Rose and Gypsy, you know, when she's like on the stage alone. Eve Harrington and Applause has that moment. Yeah. You know, I, I love those moments because it's like, they're fascinating you're alone and private in this space that's designed to be like totally public um right so i love it for that i love the rhyme someday they'll clamor for my drama <laughs> listen i got 36 expressions sweet as pie to tough as leather and that's six expressions more than all them batamores put together instead of just kicking me why don't they give me a lift it must be a plot, cause they're scared that I got such a gift. Well, I'm 
miffed Cause I'm The greatest star I am by far But no one knows it Wait, they're gonna hear a voice A silver flute They'll cheer each toot. Yay, she's terrific. When I expose it. Now can't you see to look at me that I'm a natural Camille. As Camille I just feel. I've so much to offer. Kid, I know I'd be divine because I'm a natural coffer. <laughs> Some ain't got it, not a lump I'm a great big clump of talent Laugh! They'll bend in half Did you ever hear the story about the traveling salesman? A thousand jokes Stick around for the jokes A thousand faces I reiterate When you're gifted Then you're gifted. These are facts. I got no axe to grind. Hey, what are they blind in all of the world so far? I'm the greatest star. And the last thing I love about it, I also just love the, the, the way of the songs, like the syncopation, like when you're gifted, then you gift, like it doesn't fall in the one. It, I, I just love that part of it. But finally, I love how like casual she is with Mr. Keenan. Like she says, like when she's telling, listen, I'm a bagel on a plate full of animal. She, she talks to him as like someone she's just having a conversation with. There's like no self-consciousness, right. which I know Streisand herself has a lot of stage fright. I think it's something that everybody struggles with, but in this scene, in this film, it's just so natural. And Fanny like just has absolutely no fright, like no inhibitions. And I feel like that's talent. Like, I just love that freedom, the freedom from inhibitions. To yeah. The song. Yeah. I think I love thinking of this as a confidence song. And I also think of this as like a competence song too. Like you actually like really see how like good she is. And like, even yeah. though she's just like throwing a lot of things at him, like it's not yeah. like, um, but like, yeah, it's like, you you're like yeah she is good so she should do this like like you're seeing her be good as she's convincing him that she should be good it's not like you know there's there's confidence where you're like yeah I can do this I can do this but you're but you're you know either you're not there yet or you're not really that great or whatever um but like she you know she is confident and she can actually do this thing so yeah so immediately, like you're on board with her. Um, yeah. Yeah. Her like, should do this. Yeah. Give her this job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's both, it's her audition and it's her confidence song. There's this inward part of it and this outward part of it, you know, she's, mm-hmm. she's doing this for others, but it's also like, yeah, I, I, I really love that moment. It's in the well, maybe it's more toward the end, but just that alone on the stage moment. Oh, and I love, you know, last night I was playing through the score, like, and I love, I love Julius, Julie Stein. Um, he's one of my absolute favorites, his mm-hmm. harmonies and even just the piano. I don't know if he wrote the actual like piano, 
like what you pull up when you like Google. <laughs> yeah, but, it's it's like hard to say like how those reductions get done, but he was a pianist. So like did I wonder if he just did did it, did the air engines, but yeah, but it's hard to sing. Like it's hard to sing it on pitch, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, those songs are daunting. I mean, there's a reason that like that's a star role. Like that's like a star tour de force role. Yeah. But I can't see anybody else do it. I, I feel like Streisand, it, it's imprinted in my head as like that Streisand, it's not even Fanny Bryce. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when the, um, you know, because the revival's opening uh, pretty soon. And uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see somebody else do it. Uh, I mean, I there have been other productions with um, good people. I'm sure I've, I've just not seen them, but, but this will be like a high, more, you know, Broadway production. So it'll be um interesting to see uh Beanie Feldstein do it I wish I was in New York for that yeah yeah I also love about this song um I mean we talk a little bit about talks a little bit about the build you know with it's just like her with you know convincing him and then goes to her alone on stage but the music um I think is is also part of that like you know the the music in the beginning it's like a little more like it's a little lighter you know she's uh, yeah more like conversational with him and and then and it's faster yeah and it has that um syncopated section too um yeah the the pizzazz I think that's that section uh who is the pip with pizzazz who is the pip with pizzazz who is all ginger and jazz who is as glamorous as who's an American She's like making her way to like that moment where she's going to like, she's building herself up to like go back in there. I don't don't know how it's staged in the musical, but in the movie, she um, goes outside. She goes outside and then like convinces herself to go back in and like really tell him and, you know, he's gone. But, um, but like, I feel like that, that music is like supporting her, like building herself up to the point where she gets to the last section and then the music is like, you know, full out, like I'm here on stage. I'm giving like that, perf- that, you know, biggest star, greatest star performance. I'm the greatest star. I am by far, but no one knows it. That's why I was born. I'll blow my horn till someone blows it. Drama. Have you guessed yet? Who is the best yet? If 
is the song where you get the lyric where she references her nose, which is like such a big and an American beauty nose. Yeah, which is such a big part of like her character um, to talk about. The whole thing is like she's not beautiful enough to be on stage. But of course, like there's also like, you know, the the Jewish element of like what that means um, that she, you yeah. know, and uh and she's saying like who is as glamorous as like like i i belong here you know like i'm american yeah. like i'm an american like i'm beautiful like with this yeah. nose, like with this nose i am beautiful um like i should i should yeah. be here you know which is like so like for you know a lot of american jewish women like that was um that line is so like resonant because it's like yeah and it must take a lot because her mother is so you know when she her interactions with her mother her mother um doesn't she have that line about like when a girl isn't pretty like a miss atlantic city like if your mother's telling you that like that's gonna really be awful so it's gonna take a lot for her to find that confidence about her uh, appearance right yeah and to just say like yeah like um like yeah just yeah that whole I belong I belong here I belong on this stage I belong in a place where you're you put people you consider beautiful oh yeah because she also has to tell the guy I'm one of the eight beautiful girls and he's like "Eh." and she's like well I got a lot of makeup you know she likes her makeup bucket (laughs) yeah there's there's really is like a lot going on in the song which is why it's why it's so good like it's you know um you know it's it's you see you see her confidence you see how great she is you she's convinced she's she's doing like this action of like trying to convince him you've got you know this this nod to like her you know how she feels about herself and her her beauty and like that's all in there let's move on to something wonderful something upcoming or current in musical theater uh that we are excited about and want to give a shout out to i'm excited although we know nothing about, <laughs> I don't think they even have a production timeline, but I'm excited about The King and I um, being a new film. I am excited because this is a musical I feel like can be updated, kind of like in the way West Side Story was. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about it? It just depends yeah. how this movie does it. I mean, what I, I mean, I really loved what they did with the musical Soft Power, which was David Henry Huang and Janine Tesori. Like they, they grappled with the, they they looked at the king and i and they you know wrote a piece like in in response to it in a way and like could a movie do something like that like be the movie Mm -hmm. but hopefully it's it's an interesting like movie that adds to discourse and but also brings out what's great about that show um which i i think there are things that are great about it so um yeah I love the music and yeah yeah so yeah we'll see I mean now that we've talked about the funny girl song I'm suddenly really excited to see funny girl again um or funny girl for the first time on stage because I've never seen it on stage thank you all for listening to this episode of scene to song you can write to scene to song at gmail.com 
with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater, or if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Love this podcast? Help it find more listeners by rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. Follow us on Instagram at scene to song on Twitter at SceneSong, and on Facebook at scene to song with Shoshana Greenberg Podcast. Sign up for our monthly e-newsletter at scenetosong.substack.com. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode. <laughs>